Well, good morning, Cam, and here we are for our part three of our uh, uh, three episodes on what are you listening to, what are you watching, and now finally, what are you reading? So again, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic has been such that people have been spending a lot of time indoors, um, watching TV, listening to music, and presumably reading books and articles. So what are you reading these days? Well, I just finished a, uh, a 2019 memoir. Uh, called High School. It's by two Canadian musicians, uh, sisters, uh, Tegan and Sarah, um, who are twins, uh, uh, both gay, and uh, grew up in Calgary. And so it's their, it's their sort of uh, growing pains, their, um, their, their coming out story. So they were teenagers uh, in, in Calgary, uh, Alberta, in the 1990s and um you know just um i think their friends were fairly accepting of their uh, sexuality um and their and their choices but it was the rest of the community and their parents and they were from um, not a broken home but uh they had a stepfather as well as a regular father and uh it, it's a very interesting read it also like goes into how they learned uh, how to express their um, their feelings and frustrations through music. And I really mm. haven't read that in a book by an artist. You know, they become fairly big recording artists. They had a international hit a, a year or two ago with a song called Closer, and they've done L and in the Tonight Show and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, they're very uh, influential in Canadian music. And as I say, the uh, the last time I, you know, I kind of I, I read a biography by a musician who talked about their learning experience and how they discovered, you know, how to play music and write music was uh, Eric Hopkins' great biography, something titled Captain. Uh, usually, you know, some of these biographies just sort of recount. Um, Keith Richards' book, Life, also did that. But a lot of the musicians sort of just are out there to give you all the exciting stuff that they think you want. I love it when a musician or an artist talks to you about how they came upon their talent and how they they, they molded it to make it grow, right? So, so I, I mean, I'm assuming their music then is about their experiences growing up uh, being too gay. Well, yeah, women. I mean, some of it is. I mean, they released a, um, a CD shortly after this with all music from their time. Um, but their music since then... Um, goes into relationships, goes into politics, uh, you know, tackles indigenous issues and mm -hmm. LGBT, you know, all those kind of issues. Alan Page, the actress um, who started in Juno a couple of years ago, another Canadian talent, uh, said that what this book does for the LGBTQ or that, um, that, that, that group is, is give it it give it, it, it it's sort of uh, it's growing pain story you know right. um, you know coming of age sorry not growing pain coming of age story right is it it's coming of age story and it's just it's it's a it's a very good read um, and uh, can't recommend it enough even if you don't know who they are or you don't know their music I'd recommend reading it um, did they write the book or was it written by somebody yeah, else yeah so it's interesting so uh, the one twin, let's say Tegan, will, will do a chapter on a certain point in their life, let's say uh, just going into high school. And then her sister, Sarah, will do her 
uh, you know, do a chapter on the same topic. So you're getting both stories, and it's often it's, it's pretty cool that uh, a couple times there's very big situations that uh, you know they weren't on the same page growing up, and they discuss that is those issues at the same time. Um, you know, so you're getting both sides of the story. It's very, very, very cool. Yeah, it would be interesting to to you know co-author a book again with your siblings. It'd be a difficult thing. I mean, how would you how would you split it up? Would you both talk about the same issues in each chapter? Would each of you take a different chapter and write about that? Um, do you do you yeah. sense there's different voices in the in the book, or or are they pretty much in sync? Uh, pretty much the same. Uh, there's, it's again what what they they do is they basically they they've mapped out um, a sort of timeline, and it's really just. Uh, high school as as the book ends is as they're becoming popular artists and you know getting ready to sign a contract right mm-hmm. um, so as you go through a chapter about problems with mum and the stepdad um, that chapter will have Tegan's views and Sarah's views right both in their own chapter you know mm-hmm. interesting they're about the same topic but from different angles right and when did the book uh, come out? Very, very cool. It would be nice to see some older musicians like the Davies Brothers or the Kinks or the Gallagher's of Oasis <laughs> do the same thing because um, those, those are battling boys. Right. <laughs> you know? when, when did the book come out? I came out in 2019. Okay, so, so it's just, a, just a year old. Pretty recent. And by the way, I should say it's, it's just recently gone off. Um, the New York Times bestseller list, but it was on there for uh, for quite a few months. Right, right. Well, yeah. that sounds like uh, worth a read. Yeah. Now, how about you? What What have you been diving into? Well, besides tremendous amounts of news reporting and and articles and magazines, I did come across a book that was recommended to me, and I absolutely loved it. It's called Catch and Kill by Ronan Farrow. Um, you know who Ronan okay. Farrow is. Any relation to Mia Farrow? Yes, he's so Ronan Farrow. This is sort of interesting too, as as a bit of sideline gossip. But Ronan Farrow, yes, is the son of of Mia Farrow um, and Woody Allen. Now, but there is some speculation that he actually may be the biological son of Frank Sinatra. And if you look at pictures of him, he certainly looks a lot more like Frank Sinatra than he does uh, Woody. So. It's um, it's kind of interesting. Uh, so that's been uh, that's been speculated by by Mia Farrow herself, who said, you know, he may be Frank's son because I never really uh, split up with Frank. <laughs> so, um, but Ronan Farrow is an interesting fellow. He won the Pulitzer Prize for investigative reporting, and of course, he broke really? the yeah he broke the Harvey Weinstein uh, story <laughs> in 2017 and published that. Yeah, and published that in the New Yorker magazine. But this is a really interesting book on on many levels. Of course, it's very topical um, these days with uh, this, well, obviously with the Weinstein case and the Epstein case um, and the overlap with other um, personalities such as Donald Trump, who knew them both. Um, and there is some speculation might have been involved in some of their activities over the years. So this is interesting. But what I loved about this book is it's written like a spy thriller, even though it's true and it's an investigative report 
um, and it's all of the interviews and the whole story of him putting together this report, it's written very much like a spy novel. It reminded me a little bit of Robert Ludlum's The Chancellor Manuscripts. So it doesn't read like um, an investigative report. It reads like a spy novel. And uh, so, so less all the president's men and more of a bond. Yeah, it's it's really quite interesting the way he chose to write this. It's it's so like, let me be clear. So this is his book on the investigation into Harvey Weinstein. Right. So the book came out in 2019 and it's called To Catch and Kill. And the significance of the title is um, this was a practice being used by some of the news networks and, and, and publications such as the National Enquirer. And, and certainly within the book, he raises uh, the issue of ND, NBC uh, News also, where, where they would basically catch a story, a big story about a prominent individual in society such as Weinstein or Trump or Epstein. And essentially, they would be paid off to kill the story. Um, so that's the significance of the title. Now, you know, clearly in the, in the Weinstein investigation, what came to light was that, you know, Weinstein's predatory uh, inclinations were buried uh, by the major news network. So Ronan Farrow was working with NBC at the time, um, and they at first encouraged him to follow this investigative report. But then as time went on, it appeared that uh, Weinstein and his lawyers um, basically put the pressure on NBC as well as other news outlets to bury the story um, to the point where Ronan Farrow had to leave NBC and go over to and publish the story through the New Yorker. So a lot has come out since then about how the major news networks have been doing this for a long time. People with wow. uh, extraordinary influence are able to put pressure on news medias to actually bury or change stories. So it's it's That's a like old Hollywood. Yeah, you know, true. Truly is. Press stories in old Hollywood to keep the movie stars image clean. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was quite revealing and I think quite damning for NBC, um, as well as for other news outlets. Um, but they clearly didn't want this published. And obviously Weinstein, Weinstein had uh, significant influence. I mean, he was a very wealthy man, as we know. Um, but his behavior was truly uh, frightening. I mean, it, it, you know, there wasn't one or two instances. There were many instances and everybody knew about it um, and people were paid off constantly. So the women that he abused um, quite openly, he had them, he paid them all off and had them sign non-disclosure agreements. The networks had people signing non-disclosure agreements so they couldn't actually tell the story. So they really, really did try to bury this story. So I, I thought it was a remarkable piece of investigative reporting on the, on, uh, by Ron, Ronan Farrow, uh, but the story, and of course, very personal to him because we know, you know, we know the situation with his with his dad, uh, um, and some of the problems that he's gotten into around abuse um, that he's been accused of. So it was a very personal thing for Ronan to do this, I, and very brave. And what I liked about the book was it wasn't really about him. He really made sure the emphasis was on the women uh, who had been abused. Um, and so he, he constantly sort of back paddled his influence in all of this and really focused on the stories of the women. And of course, these women are relatively well known, many of famous actresses, um, uh, models and so on and so forth. This, this behavior of Weinstein's, Weinstein's went on for many, many years. 
And of course, the crossovers of the stories with Epstein, and, and I think many, many people may have seen the uh, Epstein uh, series on Netflix, which is also horrific. Um, but there's a huge connection in with the political end of things, and Donald Trump's name seems to be coming up uh, constantly. So towards the end of the book, it really is a focus on, Pharaoh's focus on Donald Trump and his influence. So I, you know, I think this may be a harbinger for another book to come, um, you know, following the election and uh, where Donald Trump may be the central figure. So I, I again, well worth the read, came out in uh, late 2019. Um, obviously, Ronan Farrell has, has received all kinds of accolades for this book. Worth the read and a really great read. I mean, it's really, really engaging, much like a spy novel would be. You know, just on top, on top of that, I should mention that I uh, I read her book, uh, her autobiography, um, and uh, and I mean, she I, I've always liked Mia Farrow. She's been a great actress in many movies. You know, um, uh, anyways, and her book was just was was a great read. Her her time with Frank Sinatra, and um, I mean, at the end, she goes into all the idiosyncrasies and craziness with Woody Allen. So, you know, by the end of the book, that has kind of worn you out. You know, I kind of almost, you know, skimmed through the last chapter. Right. It was just more and more about what a this scumbag he was, which is a real drag for me because I always thought his comedy was quite, I, I always enjoyed his movies. But no, she's a great writer and it's like when you're reading it, she's in the room talking to you. Yeah. Well, it's amazing Woody Allen has managed to kind of navigate through his own personal issues and, and uh, you know, and come out relatively unscathed. You know, I listened to Alec Baldwin's um, podcast where he was interviewing uh, Woody Allen. And again, Woody Allen very deftly um, he sort of circumnavigates the questions about his own issues with child abuse with his own daughter and, of course, marrying <laughs> a child and... Um, you know, a very, very interesting. And, and, you know, I think Woody Allen, you know, was maybe more successful than Weinstein was uh, in terms of, you know, deflecting um, the press. And I, you know, and, and, and there are some quotes from Woody Allen in the book. Uh, you know, first they were, boy, it's, you know, it's a horrible thing that, uh, Mr. Weinstein has to go through. I know what it's like and, um, all of this kind of thing, almost in defense of Weinstein. And then at the end, he kind of, uh, said, well, you know, it, it's, it's a horrific thing. So, you know, he was juggling the whole issue. You know, can you imagine your son, um, actually reporting on this, knowing that of course you were also, um, being accused of some of the same things that uh, Harvey yeah, Weinstein Yeah, and also a predator in, the, in your own right. Right. You know. um, in, in his own right. Yeah, no, it was quite good. I got to quickly to also tell you that, um, I was on, uh, Facebook looking for some gifts for, uh, my nephew who's had a, uh, a son, and um, I came across this book called The Serious Goose. It's written and drawn by talk show host Jimmy Kimmel, and it just, it, it's for kids, obviously, and the, the book contains this Myler mirror. It's a little sort of foil mirror inside the book that after they tell you how ornery and bitter this goose is, it challenges kids to make a face in the mirror uh, so that they can maybe make this, you know, bitter goose smile. And uh, while I was waiting for you to call in today, I just 
went through it and I laughed out loud in a couple of spots. It's a, a good book for people with kids that enjoy a good bedtime story. It's funny. It's cute. It, it, uh, it's got a nice sort of story there of how to, uh, the importance of, of, of cheering people up and stuff like that. So anyway, the indicated books, the serious goose, Jimmy Kimmel is a must. Okay. Great. Yeah. Anything else? That's it. That's it. Well, that's it for me. As I say, most of my reading has been uh, news articles and and uh, uh, reports and magazines and things like that. But we've uh, now presented some some good options for people that are looking for something new to read. Um, and uh, we will post uh, links to these uh, books on the blog, our, our show blog, so people can follow up um, and get reading. So we'll uh, see you next time on The Space In Between.